Welcome to Can You Not, a show about how two women consume the world and vice versa. I'm Kamna. And I'm Brody. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about award season. <laughs> I don't know what the music should be, but something. Me neither. I was just about to say, and I the winner decide. is, but then I didn't know who was the winner. It's both of us. It's our listeners for giving up to hear this. <laughs> oh my gosh, you are the worst. I'm the worst. Sorry. seasons and about whether they're good they're bad our thoughts not necessarily who we think we should win a particular award Mm. but more about the concept of them and whether they're still relevant in today's society yeah so by the time you listen to this it'll be the oscars i think i'd like tonight as we're releasing this episode and so the grammys were a couple of weeks ago um there's been the sags the golden globes the the logies are (laughs) still a few months away and not the VMAs, which I think are my fave. Yeah, the VMAs are always the best. So award season for some people is kind of like, thank fuck, award season is over. Yeah. Um, because in uh, 12 months that's been really heavy in terms of like political changes and discussions and conversations, award seasons has come to um, represent, I think, a lot more about how people are feeling than just rewarding certain films, movies, um, uh, art, yeah. music. And the culmination of all of this is the Oscars. Um, and whilst award seasons is a t- meant to be like a time to celebrate and recognise all the beaut things that we consume over the year um, and we've been lucky to be blessed with, this year it seems to sort of have exposed how truly cooked recognition is as a concept. Yeah. So we made plans to record this episode like the day of the Grammys because we were having so many feelings about Beyonce, <laughs> about her performance and her acceptance speech and her lack I don't know of why acceptance you're using speech the past for album of the year. We're still having these conversations. Literally right now you're listening to one. Um, and obviously I've been having feelings about Beyonce since 1999 and counting, so <laughs> I don't know about you. So obviously like in the wake of... Um, Adele winning album of the year Grammy over Beyonce there's been these kind of like binary conversations happening that are that are kind of reducing this big conversation down to like the the conversation around album of the year I mean um best best film best picture is really there are nine nominees but all anyone's really talking about is Moonlight and La La Land and it's kind of like well do you like the white movie about jazz or do you like the movie about a black gay man like like living his life or yeah. trying to live his life told by storytellers with lived experience yeah of that very shout out barry jenkins Yay, an angel you. on earth <laughs> but then you know there's also like the added layer of like you know there there are attempts to fix the the whiteness of the oscars but there's there aren't there is still only one woman who's ever won an oscar for um directing this year there's only one woman nominated for, in a production category and that's ava duvernay for her documentary 13th which is great you can watch it on netflix and you really should and i think that brings us both as consumers of pop culture and a lot of movies and a lot of music to think about well how do we reward art that's being made and will that ever change if the society that we reward it in doesn't change yeah Oh, that was a good line. <laughs> Just came off with it. 
you know, whether awards recognise the art and excellence of POC communities but also like diverse communities in terms of LGBTI communities, trans communities, um, just I guess without, I guess I'm going to use it, this embodiment of like quote-unquote the marginalised, can mm. these structures ever re- reflect that? Mm. Um, and I don't know if you read it but um, in the New York Times uh, following the Grammys, there was this piece by Miles E. Johnson um, called uh, What Beyonce... What Beyonce won. One was bigger than a Grammy. Yeah, yeah. What Beyonce won was gram- bigger than a Grammy. And actually the piece was so good that Beyonce sent Miles like bunches of flowers. Oh, my God, really? Yeah, he was tweeting all she about it. She did that it. with Jenna Wortham yeah. when Jenna reviewed Lemonade. Um, <laughs> it said, like, thank you for understanding my heart. Yeah, <laughs> and the piece is just amazing um and i obviously miles is a black man um it is the piece is written primarily to talk about the way that um you know how black people exist within a white supremacist america with white supremacist policies and views and how that requires sort of strength and perseverance and imagination um and about how um you know are we really surprised that something like the Grammys, mm. um, which is reflects the music industry, which reflects a certain part of our society, doesn't mm. appreciate us because our lives aren't being appreciated in any other sense. Um, and so it has a really specific context that neither of us can talk to because n- neither of us are black. Mm. But um, it raises, I think, interesting discussion around these structures. So there's this line I want to read which says... Um, Black people who do transgressive or radical work must redefine and reimagine what winning is in a white supremacist capital stru- capitalist structure. The music industry is largely largely run by white men, and they are the ones who define which artists, genres, and topics should be validated and funded, and which should be erased and othered. Mm. Um, and I think that kind of like you know after um, Beyonce lost, Solange also tweeted. Pause until I find the tweet she deleted it Solange tweeted and deleted oh did you not see this I didn't know she deleted it I saw the tweet everywhere yeah I'm pretty sure Solange tweeted um create your own communities build your own institutions give your friends awards award yourself and be the gold you want to hold my Mm. geez um I feel like that's like the main takeaway from the Grammys because there was like now I'm gonna preface saying I didn't fact check this. I saw it on Twitter and was like, yeah, agreed. Because of it, it was basically like, it made me think of that tweet because it was like, you know, there's been something like 20 people, um, 20 like black oh, yeah. artists who have won Grammys in the last like 20 years or something. It no, was like longer, I'm longer, sure. yeah. But over 200 people, over like, 200 yeah. performers. So it's like it's this idea of like. Um, the people who like get ratings and make it a good show, a good televised show that you can sell ad space on and and promote and you know film Kendrick Lamar going to Compton and like make out like you're doing mm. some like you know kind of like legitimate community work as an awards institution. It's like that isn't translating to what you recognize and what you no. award and celebrate. Um, and it's this idea that remember like a while ago was it last year yeah when Master of None um, won the Emmy I think they won an Emmy and um, Alan who makes the show 
just making up the quote, but it goes something like this. is like, and I like to thank all the white people for making stories for so long and dominating this space for so long because now you make anyone who's like a POC, gay, um, LGBTI in any other way, our stories seem so much more interesting because no <laughs> one's got to see this for so long. Yeah. Um, and like... It's, it's this concept... Which is, like, funny, but also, like, depressingly accurate. So accurate. and But it's this notion that, like, is it really enough if you're nominating in um, response to call-outs um, when really you're not recognising, yeah. you're not awarding? Um, and according to Marzi Johnson in his piece, like, you'll never be re- rewarding that stuff because that's what's really challenging mm. to your existence. Mm. My intention for the film and album was to create a body of work that would give a voice to our pain our struggles, our darkness, and our history, to confront issues that make us uncomfortable. It's important to me to show images to my children that reflect their beauty so they can grow up in a world where they look in the mirror, first through their own families, as well as the news, the Super Bowl, the Olympics, the White House, and the Grammys, and see themselves and have no doubt that they're beautiful, intelligent, and capable. This is something I want for every child of every race. And I feel it's vital that we learn from the past and recognize our tendencies to repeat our own our mistakes. Thank you again for honoring Lemonade. Have a beautiful evening. Thank you for tonight. This is incredible. Talking awards, I think um, one thing I've been thinking about during award season this year is speeches mm. and whether... You know, I love watching speeches. I've watched them on YouTube after and but there's almost a like time a lot after. of pressure now for like the the speeches to say what like maybe the films didn't say or what the actors didn't say during their press yeah. tour and but apart from that, I think also not only is there pressure, there's also a tokenism that's developed mm. um, in terms of the people that are speaking out about things do not always then do any work mm. or that much work. Wait, Tom Hiddleston? Remember <laughs> Tom Hiddleston's speech rate? They, they, they're like... <laughs> when I went to Sudan, what's a Sudan? The video, like, did, you know, they tried to play him off because he was talking too long and then they were like, oh, no, he's talking about doing, like, charity. But no, but no, no, I'm not just talking about shit people like him. No, he's I like, know, what I do know. you expect from Tom Hiddleston, yeah. really? I meant more like, um, you know, the, the speeches that are occurring at the moment... There's a lot of tokenism um, attached to sort of people that are coming out and are speaking about things. I'm talking mainly about white people here, but mm-hmm. really, like, and their speeches then being shared, like, by other white people as some sort of, like, symbol of why we should all unite and why we should all fight. And all the people that were sharing Meryl Streep's speech following the Golden Globes, was it the Golden Globes? Yeah, I think it was the Golden Globes, mm-hmm. about, like, um, you know, why the world needs to act out against bullies like Trump. It just, like, everything about it screamed, like, I don't know, this, like... White people waking up in the wake of Trump and being like, oh, the world is so racist mm. or the world is so problematic. And, mm. you know, um, the notion that I think speeches should be a platform to talk about art and talk about um, society and politics and what's going on and calling on people to do better and calling on themselves to do better. But what does it mean if people aren't actually doing better? Yeah, yeah. If the, if the only thing you get from this kind of, like, 
the, this kind of speech is like awareness raising or like some like viral. But I don't like think it's raising awareness. Shares. That's my that's my critique of it. Like, mm. what kind of awareness are you raising? I guess it's like thinking of that audience of of you know like like to use like a, a generalized term like the white Trump voter who who mm. after who like post Trump or like not even a <laughs> don't they have like conspiracy theories about Hollywood anyway. Oh, do they? I'm pretty sure. Well, apparently Hollywood is a bubble because people there are, like, not just, don't all think the same things. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> but, and also that's where your president came from. Um, but, you know, this idea of, like, it, the, it's raised, is it raising awareness among the people who, for lack of a better term, like, who will listen to Meryl Streep yeah. sooner than they would listen to someone like, you know, Viola Davis or like case, a, a person Meryl of Street colour activist. Like, hey, you're listening to me now. Listen to these other people. Yeah. As opposed to like, you know, I'm I'm not trying to come at Meryl Streep because I know she's amazing and I know she works so hard and I know as a woman she's been, you know, sort of one of the people that pioneered. I guess like not pioneered, but I don't know what's the word I'm thinking of. Like has been a symbol of like women being really mm. hard workers to like work to get recognition yeah um and i'm just saying in terms of generally these award speeches like emma stone talking about like how we all need to do better in this like vague vague mm. way of talking where like mm. i was like what are you talking about like yeah. are you talking about grocery sh i don't know she could be talking about yeah. literally anything but then in, a, also in the context of being in la la land yeah. which is and then there's like remember when um when Patricia Arquette won for Boyhood, oh, yeah. and she was like gave this like impassioned feminist speech, and then off screen when she like did those like interviews after you win as a winner, you know the winners have to do all these press afterwards, and she was talking about how like was she talking about like the gay rights movement and like the civil rights movement and being like we were there for you now you all need to be there for us and everyone was like oh no oh no 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 we didn't mean to support this yeah i guess it feeds into this general kind of thing that's happening at the moment where people are being more aware and conscious of the politics of their actions like but i'm still going to be watching with a keen eye but yeah. with the kind of maybe keen's not the right word with like an eye with some like i don't know sunny's false eyelashes mm. like a few other things <laughs> distracting from the actual view i think there's something to be said for um not putting the entire burden to speak out on mm. people like for example Mashallah ali or if ava duvernay mm. wins for 13th like not expecting people these like you know, for lack of a better word, marginalised people yeah, who no, are being awarded the burden, be on them the burden of them to speak out against um, or, you know, to reflect on what is going on right now. So in that sense, I kind of appreciate the Merrills of the world who are getting up and being like, I'm going to talk. The president knows who I am. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's going to call me overrated, but I am supremely perfectly rated. Yeah. Um, and, you know, to, like, to, to make harsh. this... No, I think it's fair. I think what you're saying is totally fair. But I also think that, like, you know, sometimes I watch Ellen and I'm, like, the mums of the Ellen audience are going to listen to Meryl, yeah. I hope, in the same way that they're going to listen to Ellen, in the same way they're going to listen to their, like, safe white hosts and safe white ladies, which is what, not which yeah. is not progress, I know. But it, I'm also, like, oh, who, who... Like, the people who need to be 
talk to? Who do they listen to? Who is doing this kind of like active allyship? And I don't know if Ellen or Meryl are great examples of that. I don't know. It's like it's this. It, yeah, it's it's kind Brody's of. Brody's like, currently like looking into the sky, being like. I'm literally oh, looking at the ceiling, being what like, oh, what am I? What am I articulating? Because I get it. Like I get that it's like. Um, we want we want these we want these allies to do better and to be more active and to be but when they to get do all things the praise, beyond just speaking, yeah, they get all of the praise and, and it's they like, take the award home. Well, that's true. Remember when Adele broke her Grammy and everyone was like, she split it in half like in Mean Girls and gave it to Beyonce. No, she didn't. She was clumsy and she snapped it in half and then cackled about it and walked on off stage with both halves of the Grammy. Yeah. Also, don't give Beyonce half a Grammy. How insulting. Don't give her a broken Grammy. As if, and it's like, which half do you give her? The part with Adele's name on it or the gramophone? Yeah. You can find us at Can You Not Podcast on all our social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And you can find Brody on Twitter and Instagram at Brody Lancaster and me on Twitter at Kamna MM. My Instagram is not socially branded the same way. <laughs> Do you want to talk about your Instagram on you? Oh, yeah. My no. Instagram <laughs> handle is at Hip Hop Yogi, which Brody told me just like the other day that she thought that that meant that I was... <laughs> literally a hip-hop yogi and did yoga to hip-hop which i was just like do you know anything about me and no, have you read my viral article i haven't oh okay oh sorry i wrote an article about why it's literally say was called why white people should stop saying namaste and it was it was a thing so, that happened but but i didn't but, know that because when we first became friends and i started following you on instagram i was like I know Kamna likes hip hop. Maybe she's the she doesn't. No, it's like a piss take. Now I know that. It's like so some <laughs> white person can't have that handle. First it was like a moral thing, and then it was just like fuck. If there has to be a hip hop yogi out this. there, I'm the hip hop yogi. <laughs> um, and I feel like I could. Yeah. Anyway, that's my that's the story behind my Instagram handle. <laughs> That's so I'm funny. so ashamed at that you would think that about me. Well, bitch. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> nah. Who knows? I don't know what you like. There are layers to you. I haven't unpeeled yet. Yeah, true. True. Um, Can You Not is recorded at Triple R Studios in Melbourne with theme music by Beck Rigby and Henry Madden from The Harpoons. <laughs> Okay, cool. Now, can I tell you about my favourite tweet this week? Yeah. Um, oh, sorry. I retweet. I'm trying to put that back. Oh, okay. So my favourite tweet this week was that one I retweeted. Did you see it? Which was um, the photo shoot of Mahershala Ali in yellow. And it was like, Mahershala Ali invented, invented the, the colour yellow. yellow. <laughs> I hope he wears yellow. Oh, my God. He's so fine. <laughs> He's in but Hidden Figures as well. I just remembered. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He's in Hidden Figures and, like, made me cry the most in, like, there's a scene. You'll oh, know really? When, okay. You'll know when you watch it. He's in, like, a military uniform. But Do also... you watch Luke Cage? He's in Luke Cage. Well, now I'm going to. It's been on my Netflix queue for, like, a year since oh it came gosh. out. Oh, my gosh. I think I consume all his content. Now I'm going to watch it. Um, But I hope he wears some kind of yellow. Oh, my God. Mashallah. 
Masya Allah. 